Now, we had a Joel meeting yesterday, but if you're at our Joel meeting in August, we, uh, we talked a little bit about leaning into our children's ministry here at Trinity. Um, and hear this, I'm, I'm going to say a lot about children, because that's what's on my mind. My kids are 10, 8, 6, and 4. I had to think about that for a minute. Um, but anything that I'm saying about kids, it applies to our youth too, and to our youth ministry. And so, youth, don't be offended if I say kids, you're someone's child, and that's all I mean. I, I'm not trying to say our youth are children or anything like that. But so we started talking about leaning into our children's ministry. And we hired Kim Valinsky as our full-time children's minister, children's director, in September. But I hope that what you didn't hear in our hiring Kim full-time was that somehow we as the people of the church don't have a responsibility to minister to our kids. Um, we're not saying that, that it's only Kim's job to do that, and it's only the job of our crosswalk teachers who are down there right now instead of being here in worship uh, during this service so that our kids can be nourished and discipled. It's not just the job of our crosswalk teachers or our youth leaders. Part of leaning into children's ministry and youth ministry is cultivating the hearts, the soil of our children's heart. We need to nurture them so that the seed of faith, which, which Jesus says is the word of God, can sink down deep and put down roots. We need to disciple them. And every time we uh, have a baptism, we as a congregation make a vow. We just did it. We just said it. And I think so many times we, we say stuff like that that's part of our liturgical history. We don't necessarily stop and think about it, what we're saying, what we're doing, uh, the commitment we're making, uh, not just to the Tolerita family, but to God. So we're going to do that a little bit today. But talking about baptism, it reminds me of a conversation that took place between a Baptist and a Methodist about how, how their churches were doing baptism and what was needed. You know, is it you have to immerse them or you can just sprinkle them? And they got into this discussion, and the Methodist asked the Baptist guy, he said, well, tell me, just how much water do you need? Knee-deep? Is that enough? He said, oh, no, 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 the Baptist said, that, that's not enough. Waist-deep? No, 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 you need more water than that. What about up to the chin? Oh, no, no, you, you need more water than up to the chin. It's got to be over the head? Yes, now you've got it, that's exactly right, the Baptist said. You need it to go over the head. The Methodist said, well, that's just right where we put it. <laughs> A few of you got it. Good job. In baptism, when we make that vow, when, when the parents come to bring their child for baptism, they're making a vow to raise their child in the Christian faith. But we are also, as the congregation, making a vow to them and to God. So I want to look at that vow a little bit as we go. One of the things it says is that we are going to surround this child with steadfast love. I was thinking about that phrase, and, and, and the, the path soil came to my mind. And you might say, well, what's that? Surrounding someone with love have to do with the path. Well, the path is where you walk. 
It's what gets stepped on over and over again. But we need to surround our children with love as a hedge, as a fence, as a protection that keeps them from getting walked on, that keeps them from getting trodden down. Uh, So that way the soil can be prepared for the seed of faith. We need to surround them in steadfast love like a fence that keeps them from getting walked on. The second thing it says is that we want them to be established in the faith. And that made me think about the rocky soil. Because to be established in the faith, like Paul says, we, we want their roots to go down deep so they can be firmly established, rooted and established in love. And so we've got to clear out the hindrances that come that are going to keep our kids from really putting down roots. Now, that's not to say that we need to make some kind of light gospel that takes away any objections that people might have. It it doesn't mean we have a, a gospel that doesn't challenge us, because the gospel does challenge us. Submitting ourselves to the lordship of Jesus challenges us, challenges me every day. I don't know about you, but every day. But what are those obstacles, those things that aren't necessary, those things that we've put in there, those, those stumbling blocks we've created that need to be removed so that our kids can put their roots down deep into the soil. The third thing it says after it says we want them to be surrounded by love and established in the faith is that we want them to be established and strengthened in the way that leads to life. And made me think of, of those plants, those seeds that fell among the weeds and the thorns. They got choked out because there was too much competing for their attention. There was too much in life that comes and competes with our kids' attention. How many of you will admit that the, the culture, the context our kids are growing up in today is different than when you grew up? Yeah, all of us. It's easy to see. There's so much that competes for the attention of our kids, whether it's good things like academics, sports, other things. Everything is competing for our kids' attention. And to help them to become confirmed or established and strengthened in faith and in the way that leads to life. We need to put some, some structure around it. It makes me think of like a bean pole. You know, the, the bean plants start out and they're not strong enough to grow without some kind of support or, or, or a young sapling you plant and you put some stakes in to support it and help it. So that way, as it establishes its roots, as it grows to that point of bearing fruit, it can be strengthened and established It needs some support. It needs some structure built into it. Our kids need to be discipled and nurtured so that they can survive what life brings, so that they can uh, focus in on, on what matters in the midst of so much that competes for their attention. They need to see what's important in life. But the first thing it says in this baptism vow says, with God's help, we will so order our lives after the example of Christ, 
The first thing, the only way our kids are ever going to feel surrounded by love and like we're helping to establish them in the faith and, and strengthen them is if they see it in our lives. We've got to set an example for our children. They need to see us in worship and study and service because they learn to do the things we do, right? How many of you have ever had small kids who, who see dad shaving and they want to shave right alongside with them? My kids don't, but you know, maybe, maybe some kids do. Um, but that phrase, monkey see, monkey do, is so true. I see it in my boys all the time, whether, whether they're following their oldest brother or they're looking at me. Sorry, a moment of convic- conviction as, as I think about some of the things my kids do that they've gotten from me and, and some things that we won't mention here. Um, <laughs> But, but it's not just how they pick up behaviors, it's how they pick up their attitudes and their values. Kids figure out what we value by what we do and what we give our time to, what we give ourselves to. If we're not committed to being in worship, our kids aren't going to be in worship. And when they grow up, they're not going to prioritize it. If our kids don't see us studying the Bible, whether that's at home or here at church, they're not going to make it a focus to study the Bible. So they need to see us at home. But my kids don't just see me at home. They see all of you. They don't see you at home, but they see you here. They see who's coming in to, to Sunday school on Sunday mornings. They see who's coming and gathering on Wednesday nights at Engage to study the Bible together. Our kids see, and they need to see us studying the studying together and if we don't make time to serve if our kids don't see us serving they're not going to grow up to be kids who serve they're not going to grow up to be adults who serve and and the same is true of negative things as well You, you know how it works our kids see and they start to do the things we do and in that they learn what we value We need to do the hard work of cultivating good soil in the lives of our children, protecting them from being stepped on and pushed down, removing the hindrances that prevent them from sinking down deep roots, removing the competition from their lives so they can see what's ultimately, eternally important, so that the seed the Word of God can dwell in their hearts richly and bear fruit. Isn't that what we all want? To see our kids bearing fruit? To see our kids walking in the way that leads to life eternal? I believe it is. And it starts with us. And it starts with us setting the example so that they can be surrounded in love, established in faith, and strengthened in the way that leads to life eternal. I want you to think about that and what example you're setting as our worship team comes to to close our time of worship. Would you pray with me as they come? God, you have called us to a high calling. 
You've set an example for us in Christ that we can't reach on our own. And so, God, we ask that you would send your Holy Spirit to help us, to strengthen us, to establish us so that we can be the kind of people who set an example that our children can follow, so that we can be the people who, who love them and establish them and strengthen them so that they can go and bear fruit. God, thank you for our children. Thank you for those who are committed to helping nurture and disciple our children here at Trinity. God, raise up more people like that. In Jesus' name, amen.